Thank you for tuning in to The Victory is Greater Than the Struggle, an ex-lesbian podcast with myself, your host, Jessica Newsom. I am so excited about today's topic, right? Let's just jump straight into it. Something that I struggled with and a lot of people I speak to struggle with is this thought of, man, like, I don't like the opposite sex, so how is God going to give me my heart's desires? Maybe some of you have been like me, where it's like, God, I've always wanted to be married and have kids, but it was with another woman. I do not like men, so how can that happen? And then so we go down this whole uh, rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, like, I don't like men. How is God going to change that? I don't have, like, a se- uh, an, an, an urge to be with the opposite sex intimately. Like, they're kind of gross, right? And you have all of these things that's in your mind. And the issue really is wondering if God can do the impossible in your life, right? That's what it comes down to. It's, can God fulfill this area of my life, this desire. And this was like the million dollar question for me, the million dollar question, because I always used to tell people when they would say, okay, well, you don't like guys. How come? How do you feel about guys? And I would always say this and take it how you want, but I would say guys are like puppies. They're cute. Sometimes you want to play with them, but you'd never screw one. That's disgusting, right? So that was my way of kind of letting you, letting someone else know, like, a little bit into my life as far as how I felt about the opposite sex, okay? Um, And that's how I felt about guys. I had guys as best friends, all of that stuff. Maybe I'd cuddle with a guy friend, but it never went anything past that, and so... A part of my life growing up, like many young girls, was I want to get married and have kids, right? That is just something that is in a lot of us. But there's people who never really felt that, and that's okay. We're going to hit that up in a second, okay? But for those of us who have had that desire to want to be married, when we come to God, it's this kind of question of, oh my gosh, I surrendered my entire life to God. I'm following God, but I don't like the opposite sex. So does that mean that I'm going to have to live a life of singleness? And this terrorizes people. Like, this is terrifying. The thought of someone who genuinely wants to be married and have kids being single for the rest of their life, this is terrifying, you know, and we really have to count the cost. The Bible talks about counting the cost because it costs you everything to follow God. It really does. It costs you absolutely everything. You have to lay down your way of thinking, your way of understanding, your way of doing things, the things that you want for your future, the, the, um, the kingdom that you might have built for your life, right? Your job, your security, all that stuff. You have to lay that down and say, you know what? Not my will, God, but let your will be done in my life, right? And counting the cost is something that you really have to take seriously. And so when I came to God, I didn't really count the cost immediately. You know, I just felt this sense of God is calling me. I know that I can't do life without him. I know that apart from him, I will be empty and incomplete. I know that apart from him, there will always be these voids that I will try to fill with things that will never be able to sustain me. And so I came to God that way. But as I began to just really grow in my relationship with Christ, I saw that, man, this is going to cost me. 
It's going to cost me friendships. It's going to cost me my career. It's going to cost me my understanding about myself and about the world around me. Following God costs us everything. The Bible says to pick up your cross and follow me, right? Pick up our cross, pick up the Bible, pick up that way of thinking, that lifestyle, and follow the God who created you, right? Because we are here for a bigger purpose than what we think we're here for, right? We're here for things far greater than us just to build our kingdom on earth and have fun. No, we are here to to live a life pleasing to God and to do what he's called us to do, to reach the masses, to reach the people around us so that other people can seek God and find God and go to heaven as we will go to heaven. And so following God, I began to realize that, okay, I still have this desire to want to be married and have kids. Like, I have these desires still. Can God fulfill that? That was the multi-million question. Like, can God fulfill those desires? And I started to really question God in that. I really did. I started to really just question, you know, how are you going to help me to like guys when I tried on my own all of these years to like them and it never worked? Many of us tried liking the opposite sex by maybe having sex and we're just like, that was a fail, right? Maybe having, uh, getting into a relationship with them and you just didn't like the way they touched you or tried to kiss you, right? And you're just like, this is disgusting. And um, what I realized is that when we do things in our own might, they don't really work out that well, a.k.a. when we try to be our own God, we kind of fall short of that mark by a lot, right? It's us trying to change ourselves. And there's so many people, there's some people listening right now who have been their own God, realizing that they are not a good God, that they will not change themselves, but they think that it's God's fault that God is the one to blame. When God says, you never completely came to me in the first place. You never surrendered everything to me. You surrendered part of yourself for a moment, but you never gave me all of you so I could change you. How can you expect for God to change you if you say, I'll just give you a part of me? You're limiting what you're giving to God to change. It's impossible. It's impossible, right? And so God's like, oh, I can do it. I can do it, but I need all of you. I need for you to lay down your life and follow me. I need for you to trust me. I need for you to put your hope in me, not man or yourself, but put your hope in me. Put your hope in the Lord Almighty. And so I had this moment where I kind of just started freaking out. And this moment wasn't literally like a five-minute moment, a day moment. No, it's like a season. And a season that kind of came and went throughout the years where, you know, I would just wonder, is my heart changing towards the opposite sex? I didn't know. All I knew was that, you know, it's been 10 years and I'm just following God. I'm just trusting in God. I'm not necessarily seeing the fruit of, of certain things. I'm just walking by faith, trusting him, haven't been in a relationship. I don't know what's going on with that, right? Um, I, I don't even know if I like guys, really. Um, I know I'm kind of looking at them differently. I'm looking at them in a different light. Like I started to notice these small changes that God began 
to do in my heart. I noticed that I would look at guys more, right? And I'd think, wow, he's kind of attractive. My number one guy, okay, my crush, okay, is Jason Momoa. I love him hands down. He is the finest thing that has ever walked this earth, okay? Aquaman all day. And um, I was telling some of my other friends, I said, I could watch Jason Momoa just rock climb for hours shirtless, okay? Pray for me. Pray for me. But um, I noticed those little things. I noticed myself begin to look at men differently, okay? And it doesn't have to be lustfully, okay? Let's separate the two. It's, it could be looking at a man and admiring his qualities as a man, his, maybe his manliness, maybe how he treats people, maybe just all of these different characteristics that I never really sat and thought about, that I never really gave uh, 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 my ear to, my eyes to. And so I would notice little things like that, but whatever, I've been single, haven't dated, you know, anything like that in the past 10 years. And then I get to a place, right, to where I'm just doing online dating. I hate it, okay? Some of us have been taught by the church that if we just wait on the Lord, literally, and don't move, the man will come knocking at our door, literally. Like, I will be at my house, and he will come knocking on my door saying, Jessica, God has sent me to you. You are the one. Let's—I'm uh, I'm, going to court you now, Okay. It hasn't happened like that. Maybe, I don't know, hundreds of years ago, right? It was different. But this is the 21st century. That does not mean that the Bible is irrelevant because some of us do that. Some of us think, well, it was hundreds of years ago, so therefore we don't follow some of this stuff in the Bible. No, no, no. We follow every word in the Bible, but we have to follow it in proper context, Okay, so the Bible doesn't necessarily talk about um, um, is online dating good or bad. Right. Okay. But this is a way to meet more people. It's how you go about it. That's important. Okay. And so when it comes to dating, I feel like I'm about to go into two podcasts, but I'm going to shove all this into one. When it comes to online dating, when it comes to dating in general, you don't give yourself away to every person you date. Right. I, you know have been on a million first dates, okay? And, you know, there's some people, there's some guys that are just like, want to hold your hand, want to kiss you, trying to touch the booty on the first date, you know? And maybe according to the world, that's normal, right? But in order to do this the right way, what I have realized is, okay, I can do the dating scene. I can go on I can go on a first date with, you know, I could set up a first date with four different guys, five different guys in a month. It's not a problem for me as long as I'm not giving myself to any of them. Does that make sense? Right? So it's like cultivating friendships, but so I go on a first date, you know, and I'm just like, hey, what's up? I'm just getting to know him. Nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, for real, for real, I can quickly tell where his mind and his heart is. Does he love the Lord, serve the Lord? Does he know Bible, right? Where, uh, his relationship with Christ, those are things that I quickly focus on, and I can immediately tell 
when someone knows nothing about God, not trying to find uh, uh, the Lord, not trying to seek the Lord, and when they're trying to just give you a bunch of crap, right? Like they're just throwing BS out there, thinking that uh, you'll take the bait to think that they're someone that they're not, right? So I have had a lot of first dates, uh, and none of them got to second dates, okay? Very few guys have gotten to a second date with me, and so— um, even then, like even after a couple weeks, I'm still not holding hands. I'm still not kissing. I'm not doing any of those things, right? Because I'm not, you have to earn the right to be exclusive with me, right? So getting to know someone is one thing. I can get to know a lot of people, okay? But I'm not giving my heart to them. I'm not giving my body to them in any way, shape, form, or fashion, okay? But when I realize, okay, well, I'm going to weed out these, I'm going to kind of focus on these two or these three, right? Get to know them deeper, right? When a person earns the right to, to, to be exclusive with them, saying like, okay, I really am going to invest in this one guy, right? He has earned the right, right, for me to be able to give him a little bit more of my heart, not my body, right? Not even touching my booty while, while we're walking down the street. None of that, right? But letting him in just a little bit more inside my heart, inside my mind, right? Then you can get to a place to where it's like, okay, I'm exclusive with just you and only you. And this dating process had just sucked, okay? And in my mind, I'm thinking, why am I even doing this, right? Like, all this is doing is reaffirming in my mind that I do not like men. That's the tactic of the enemy right there. That's what the enemy does. The enemy will do everything he can to remind you of why this won't work, which means following God won't work, which means God lied to you, which means you can't trust God, which means God probably isn't real. The enemy does all of this stuff to try to get you to fall away from God, right? But we have to learn to trust in the Lord, right? We have to learn to uh, 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 have hope in God in spite of what we see. And so I've had the worst first dates. I could tell you horror stories, right? There was one first date, and I met him at the park, and he was like, oh, well, I have my kids, so, you know, we'll just go to the park, and I'll just chill and talk with you. I'm like, cool, yeah, whatever, right? And he was a single dad, and um, the kids were cute, right? But they they weren't dressed properly. It looked like they wore the same clothes for, like, days in a row. He, they, he just didn't know how to care for the kids, and he had a lot of emotional baggage. It was really bad, right? Like— I have had some horror stories, and um, that can kind of lead us to think that maybe there aren't many good guys out there. That's not necessarily true. That's not true. It's not true. We have to really learn how to wait on the Lord. That's what I'm trying to say this whole time. We really do. Um, in spite of what we see, being single for 10 years and finally meeting a good guy, I will keep you updated on how this goes, right? But, you know, meeting a, a, a very awesome guy who, who, who loves God um, and who's just amazing, right? Like, we really have to wait on God and not worry about all of those unknowns. Because even dating now, right, I'm just kind of like in awe of how God has changed my heart,
I'm in awe of how God has changed me from being repulsed by men to desiring to want to get married to a man, to be with a man intimately, all of those things. Like I'm realizing that stuff is on the inside of me and I'm just like, where did this come from? But when the seed is planted, when we follow God and those seeds are planted, it takes a while for plants to grow. The seed has to first be what? Buried into the ground. It's hidden. It doesn't grow overnight, but the seed has to be watered. And then what? It cracks open. That kind of sounds painful. That doesn't sound pretty, right? It sounds like it's breaking. And from that cracking, growth begins to happen still under the soil. Over time, you see that thing begin to grow and shoot up. Many of us do not wait for that process from planting to seeing because we're impatient and we allow the doubt in our hearts and mind that the enemy is sowing We allow that stuff to uproot all the seeds that God is doing. Because if I was to say, this can't work, this won't happen, all of these first dates sucked, right? It's been 10 years. What's going on? What's happening? What I'm going through now, I would not have been able to see because God cultivated me. He transformed the way I thought about things, the way I saw things, the way I viewed men, the way I viewed myself, all of those misconceptions that I tagged onto myself. I'll never like sex with a guy. All of these misconceptions, right, like the enemy tries to sow and tries to really just root deeply into my heart. The enemy, God, God is like, I want to fix all that stuff, but it's going to be a process, and you may not see the product, just yet, but you have to trust me and you have to be faithful. The scripture that God uh, spoke to me when I allowed him to walk me out of homosexuality, this scripture just burned so deeply on the inside of me and I absolutely love it. It's Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. I love this. God is saying he knows the plans that he has, but are you willing to let go of the plans that you have? Are you willing to let go of your ideas of who you think you are? Because God created you to be something, not who you think you are, but to be something better to be the perfect version of who he's created you to be, not just a mere uh, distorted copy version of you. No, but God has plans for, for our good, for our benefit and the benefit of those around us because he wants to use us, right? Not for evil. God doesn't say, I want you to come to me so I can make your life miserable, He doesn't say that. He doesn't want to do that. But because the enemy tries to get us to focus on our surroundings and on what's going on around us, we think that, man, God is just allowing us to to live this horrible, pitiful life. No, 
No, that's not true. God is not here to, to have us go through hell. We're going to go through struggles most definitely, right? But that's a part of the planting process. Any seed that is buried must be broken first before it, be, it can begin to grow. And any seed that is planted, it's planted deep within the ground by itself, alone. And many of us don't like being alone. We don't like being in that place alone with God, away from others, being crushed, being broken. But that's how God begins to build us up. He has to take away the things that are there to destroy us. He's taking away the counterfeit. He's taking away the copy. But you have to endure the process. I hope that you guys enjoyed that. Um, I have a conference coming up, Pursue Conference 2021. I'm super excited about it. You want to check it out. It's going to be live stream. It's going to be September 24th. Fifth, uh, 2 o'clock p.m., it's going to be live streamed through YouTube. It's all about how to gain freedom. That's what this conference is about. It's going to be speakers informing you, telling you how to get to this place of freedom. We have uh, individuals who used to be gay and lesbian, and now they're married. We have people who are uh, uh who have gone through that struggle of being single, that struggle with singleness, right? We have people who are just fruitful in so many areas of their life and in ministry, but they want to give you those tools to help you overcome the stuff that you are going through, okay? And so there is a link somewhere, right? Click on it somewhere up here, around here, okay? And if you're checking us out on the podcast, there will also be a link in my bio on Instagram, um, and there'll be a link on the podcast. I absolutely love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Victory is Greater Than the Struggle and Ex-Husband Podcast. <laughs>